If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, let's talk to Vaughn Palmer on this Monday morning and see how he's doing. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi, and I love hearing Chilliwack on the radio, one of the great forgotten, well, I hope not entirely forgotten, British Columbia bands. I agree. That was a bit of a Chilliwack deep cut that we just had there for yeah, you. Yeah. Bill Henderson, uh, I think he's still around. Maybe not. And the collectors before them, so there you go. Hey, you know, Simi, I, I was thinking about this story running on the news about the latest tax policing you oh, yeah. Surrey. And Surrey? I was thinking again, you know, wouldn't it be great if there were an independent auditor general for local government <laughs> who could go and look at the wouldn't two it? options and figure out which is actually the most expensive and tell the people in Surrey which it is, because I think both sides are cooking the numbers. Uh, wouldn't it just be great if there were an auditor general for local government? What a great idea. I, I embrace your sarcasm on a yeah. Monday morning. I do, because, yes, that would be fantastic, because if I we were a Surrey one. resident right now, I would be ripping my hair out. Yeah, we had one, right? We had an auditor general for local government, and the New Democrats got rid of it. Not, not forbid that because the New Democrats were opposed to expanding the size of government or spending money on government programs, they got rid of it because it was a Christie Clark idea. And that made it a bad idea in the NDP books, even though I think, and we can see it right here, it would have been a very useful office because otherwise we are going to be doing pointing fingers about which option is the most expensive and which one is the cheapest and which would be the best to stick yeah. with. If we've ever needed an independent verdict on the cost of policing out there, that's the only way to get it. It makes you think, though, that that's one of those um, decisions that probably coming back to bite them right now. They're wishing that maybe they hadn't done that because it would help them out a lot right here. You know, that's a good point, Simi. The, the, <laughs> the last thing the New Democrats want to do is to be held accountable for whatever the decision is here. Like Mike Farnworth, every time you ask him about it, he just kind of squirms and goes, well, well, we're looking into it and we're going to have an answer one of these days. And I've asked my staff, blah, blah, blah. But the problem with all that is whatever he decides, uh, the provincial government is going to partly wear the decision. Yeah. Whereas if they had that independent fiscal verdict, they could at least present that to people in Surrey and say, okay, here are your two options. Option A is going to cost you this. Option B is going to cost you that. And don't take our word for it. Take the word of exactly. the independent auditor for local government. Well, theoretically, though, could they not have assigned an independent auditor to do this? Uh, yes, they could have. And one of the ideas that was been knocking around since the civic election, so they've it's been knocking around since last fall, is find a retired auditor general of BC. There are still a few of them around, and there are staff of the auditor general's office. In fact, one former deputy auditor general, uh, Russ Jones, was appointed to the board of BC Housing for just this reason. So there are people out there they could have asked to do it. I think what we've seen is just dragging their feet, don't want to face up to it, 
don't want to wear it and haven't seen a clear way through it. And now I think the problem, Simi, is there isn't enough time left. You know, uh, yeah. a, 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 an independent official brought in from outside, the first thing he or she would say is, okay, first of all, I'll do it, but on my timetable, not on one imposed upon me by political expediency. So if they had acted last fall, when we had the civic election, and right away stepped in and appointed somebody, then we might have an answer by now. Trouble is now, there isn't much time left. There's no time left for this. We'll be talking more about this a little bit later. Uh, We were also going to talk about this one. This is classic, because we we kind of hinted about this when we had talked about it originally, when the BC Liberals came out with their big plan on mental health and addictions, and we thought, oh yeah, you know, sometimes these things are so good that the governing party (laughs) steals them, and now look what happened. Yes. So it turns out that the New Democrats are working on a plan to spend more than a billion dollars on improved treatment for mental health and addictions. And if that sounds familiar, it's because, well, about two weeks ago, the Liberals announced a plan to spend more than a billion dollars on improved treatment for mental health and addictions. And when you look at the details, uh, the leaked details of the government plan, courtesy of our friend Rob Shaw, and what the Liberals actually announced, there are a lot of similarities between the two, not just the fact that both sides are planning to spend more than a billion dollars. So a couple of items that sound familiar. Uh, Both plans emphasize treatment and recovery over harm reduction and safe supply. Both would boost the number of treatment beds. Both would eliminate existing user fees on those beds, which would be a big boost. Both point to, and I know you've done stories on this, Simi, the Red Fish Healing Center in Coquitlam Mm -hmm. as the model for the future. It has 105 beds. You can stay up to nine months. That's the model for people need with mixed problems, mental health and addiction problems. Uh, both plans promise more better, more and better data, so in future, we'll be able to say what's available and what's working, because that's been one of the big problems. So um, there are a lot of similarities between the two plans. The listener may find it amusing that it's triggered an argument between the two parties about who thought of this first. And that's, that's politics for you. We know about the government plan because, as I said, our colleague Rob Shaw got the details and reported it on Friday. And that triggered an argument on social media. The Liberals congratulated the government on figuring things out and stealing their ideas. (laughs) The government pushes back. Oh, now you, you, you know these things take time. They've been working on this thing, turns out, for weeks, maybe months. And, it, it, you know, you have to get the programs in order. You're the government, after all, and you have to get it in front of Treasury Board, Committee of Cabinet, and all that improves. So uh, the government says it's preposterous to suggest that they just looked at what the liberals did, noted the positives of response, and cobbled together their own plan. So the finger-pointing on this is kind of amusing, I think, to the public, who probably just goes, is it a good plan or a bad plan? We don't really well, care yeah, who thought about exactly, it, right? exactly, right? Can we just uh, get it done, I think, is what we say. yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Um, I, I say a couple of things. I mean, first of all, it, 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 it is entirely possible that the New Democrats have been working on this since late in the John Horgan administration. We know they were working on a whole bunch of stuff so that David e, and holding it back so David Eby would have things to announce during his hundred days of action. 
uh, we know that, that some of this has been worked on. That's possible. Another thing that's possible is that the Liberals were paying very close attention, had their own leaks, correctly figured out where the government was headed, and did what opposition parties should do, which is get there first. Right. Because the opposition party rolled out its platform. So I think that's the political wrangle on this. Um, we'll, it, we don't have the full details either. It, it, not everything got leaked to Shaw. So I, I got a couple of things that I wonder where they're going to come down. The Liberals proposed semi-regional treatment centers around the province. That's recognition that a lot of the people who suffer from mental health and addictions who need treatment uh, are from other parts of the province. They're not within easy driving distance of the one, the place, the uh, Redfish in Coquitlam. And so the Liberals are proposing regional centers. That's especially uh, tailored for Indigenous people because disproportionately they need the treatment and disproportionately they live somewhere other than the Lower Mainland. So that's one of the things. Uh, the other one you sort of wonder about, uh, I'm guessing that the two plans don't agree on involuntary treatment. So the Liberals do want involuntary detention and treatment as a last resort. David Eby originally called for that last summer when he was running for the NDP leadership, but he's since backed off. He's now deferring to experts and saying that maybe that won't work. So when we get the full details, we might get the government plan this week. They might hold off until budget day, a week from today. Not sure which. That's so interesting, though. Like, even if these plans are similar you know, by the time we get to an election, if it does happen a year and a half from now, who's going to remember who had it first? Yeah, no, no, that's true. I mean, that's the, that's the thing as an opposition party. If you really do your job, the government steals your ideas and implements them. So, you know, that's good. But I guess from the public point of view, you go, um, if, if the two main parties mostly agree on the way we need to go, then maybe the two main parties will expedite approval of all this, at least this plank in the budget or the election platform, and implement it. And the downside for the government is if you don't do some of the stuff that the opposition is proposing, you may run, run into trouble because, you know, 18 months an election rolls around, that's the scheduled date. And by then, you've discovered that, you know, maybe some of the things the opposition suggested you didn't do, and that's the problem. Alternatively, you may discover that some of the things the opposition wanted to do didn't work, and you'll end up wearing that because yeah. they're not the government. That is so true. Just makes it more interesting and more stuff for us to talk about, Vaughn. Yep. Very good, Simi. <laughs> Have yep. a good family day. Yeah, you Th too. That's Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. There is more to come on that story for sure. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.